And welcome back to the For Films Like Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Sheehan. I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Badlands, a Criterion Pick of the Month. Yes. But before we do any of that, I guess we're catching up. Yeah. Again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the, for the first time, yeah. For the first, is... time in the, for the first time in, in weeks. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see uh, what has been going on. Um, like I said, I've been watching a lot of Dragon Ball Super. It's been catching on more than that hardcore. How's that been going? Uh, it's, it's great. Uh, Jiren is just like a badass that's been kicking ass. They're down to the last two universes, um, our universe, uh, Goku's universe, and uh, I guess it's universe three, where uh, Jiren, Tapo, and the rabbit guy. Right. He sent me a thing on Twitter uh, <laughs> showing uh, Elmer Fudd, um, Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny and, and who was the other guy? Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Showing them being like the graduated versions of, of those villains. So, yeah, it was, it was really nice to, to check out. But um, Dragon Ball Super, been watching a lot of that. Nice. Yeah. It, it, it's I I gotta catch up. Yeah. I definitely have to catch up with Dragon Ball Super. But I just like watching like an obscene amount of Dragon Ball Super no, episodes. Yeah. yeah. That makes uh, sense. I had the most awful day at work. Let's hear it. Yesterday. Yeah. Fucking okay. So Proud Mary came. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Proud Mary. Proud Mary came out and uh, apparently talked about it briefly at the end of the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh. The amount of rude, oh. entitled, loud, obnoxious, yeah. fucking, uh, how do you say it, presumptuous mm. people yeah. that I had to deal with yesterday yes. at the bar mm. set me in like such a legitimate rage of just like, you know, like I get angry a lot, but mm. a lot of the time it's like kind of like exaggerated sort of social anger, okay. just like to make a point or yeah. to be funny. Yeah. I felt it like right here. Like Real I was anger. in a... Like legitimate, honest yeah. fury, and it was just a ball in the middle of my chest, just fucking growing. Yeah. I felt like I got hot in temperature, like one degree hotter than I usually am, mm. and I just felt like a black hole, just absorbing all of this anger yeah. around me. Yeah, and 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 of course I can't do anything about it while I'm at the bar. That work, yeah. Um, because you have to be nice to all of these cunts and, and that are showing up and professional, and, yeah. and that bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But holy shit. And like, so, uh, okay, so I served like about 200, like 150 to 200 drinks mm. yesterday alone. Yeah. I got tipped 5.8% of the total amount of money that that was. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Say, say that again. So there, were, there was, so one more time. I, I, I served about 150 to 200 drinks. So, so around two, 200 drinks at about $5 a piece at minimum? About $10 a piece on average. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, on the t- let's say that's about if I say one fifty, that's about fifteen hundred dollars yeah. that I just made the bar. Yep, I got tipped five point eight percent of that. Yep, dealing with the most rudest and obnoxious people that I've ever had to deal with. Yeah, just like the, some dude, some dude was literally like FaceTiming someone at the bar while he was ordering his drink, <sighs> and I was trying to talk to him, and it was just like ignore me because he wanted to FaceTime someone, and he just can't. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Fucking, yeah. you're at my bar. Yep. You're at my bar. Yep. Pay attention to what you're ordering, you fucking entitled cunt. You should. I, oh my fucking God. The rage. Yeah. And like, it started because people don't fucking listen when you talk to them. Mm-hmm. This lady was the first lady that pissed me off. All right. I told her, I can't give you two drinks. Yeah. You either have to. One at a time. I, she, she wanted a shot of Hennessy and a beer. Okay. So I was like, I can give you the shot of Hennessy. Yeah. 
but you have to finish a shot here before I can let you leave, leave with the beer. Really? Uh, yeah, because I can't let you, I can't let someone leave with two drinks at a time. Uh, uh, so you tough. only yeah right. you only get one drink uh, per ID yeah. per transaction okay. essentially. Right. And so I it, it, I said that to her. She's like, yeah, no, that's fine. I, give me a shot of Hennessy and the beer. Yeah. Repeated that to her four times because mm-hmm. somehow the conversation she didn't fucking get it. Yeah. Repeated that to her four times. I looked her in the eye, Chris. Yeah. yeah. We made eye contact. Yeah. And this fucking lady said, "No, sure, that's fine." So I gave her the fucking shot of Hennessy. Yeah. And then I gave her the beer. And no, I you had, didn't. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Listen to the story. All right. And I put the beer on the counter like in a general direction. And, and then she was getting ready to leave. Yup. <laughs> and I went, no, 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 no. You have to finish the Hennessy shot before you can leave with the beer. Yeah. When I made, I made clear five times that mm-hmm. that was going to be the case. Oh, she had decided to fuck you I already. I told you. She I had. had yeah, yeah. I told you five times. Yeah. And then and I stopped her from leaving. Mm-hmm. And then she goes like, yeah, I can't give you the beer unless you finish that Hennessy shot here. Yeah. And then she goes like, well, the Hennessy shot's not for me. Yeah. And I was like, well, tough titties. Because mm-hmm. you can't let you leave. <laughs> can't yeah. let you fucking leave. Oh, yeah. So she was like, well, you're going to have to refund me the beer because that's what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here and taking this Hennessy shot. Yeah. And, and it's just like, listen, you fucking... And, Idiot. You mm-hmm. fucking such an asshole of a person. And she was the first one. She was the one that triggered the spark of rage. Yeah. And then everyone after her was just, just a piece of shit. Oh, yeah, just yeah. a fucking asshole the entire time. The entire day. Just drunk. Not drunk, but like yeah. middle-aged, entitled mm-hmm. fucking woman. I and mean, I went to watch this goddamn movie. It's unfortunate. Like, a lot of people feel like they are the center of the universe. God so you damn get, it. So you get the guy that came up with that he needed to FaceTime. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you're trying to do, whatever you have to say or whatever you're doing, because he is the most important person right mm-hmm. now. Not the people behind him and not the person in front of him. Nope. It is him. So, I mean, it's just that's And there's other people are. in my bar. Like, yeah. there are other people waiting at the bar. Yeah. But I can't, because it's corporate policy. Yeah. I can't be an asshole to that person. Oh, hell no, you can't. And just no. ask him to like, hey, you're ordering a drink. Turn the fucking phone off. Mm-hmm. And then like people are just being loud and boisterous. And I got this like group of like five or six, seven middle-aged black women mm-hmm. that were just thinking they were like back in college. Oh, yeah. Just fucking hanging out and being mm-hmm. loud. And, and like, I, had a, I had a line of like 10 people. Yeah. And they're in that line and I'm serving the other people. And then one lady wakes up to me. And she was just like, hey, she was about to ask me a question. And this fucking asshole of a lady mm. just went like, no, 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 I was here first. And I was like, listen, I know you were here first. She has a question. You can wait. Mm. Just like I was so like just charged up with like anger. Like yeah. it was genuine fucking. I, like I never, I, it's been like months yeah. since I was that genuinely like like shaking with energy of anger. Just uh, ah, it's a uh, it's a product of expectation. You know, like if you walk in, if you walk into a situation and you're like, this is gonna be the worst situation I've ever dealt with, yeah. and then you get there and then it's not that, then like there's nothing to be angry about. Right. You know, but if the expectation is that a person is supposed to have common sense and do things as a normal human being is supposed to be, if that's the expectation and you don't get that, it's gonna be a miserable day. Just, every day. It's but like, like I've had busy days at the bar before. Yeah. I just haven't had rude ass souls come up to me yeah i mean but like say you like i don't know it's just i guess it's just like my my way of coping is that every situation is going to be the worst it's going to be the worst so it's just like anything after that then it's fine like today uh, i showed up for the podcast and i was like you know we get there at 10 o'clock i'm Mm -hmm. like up i'm not hearing from anybody so this worst situation possible i'm like oh i already planned for that i'll just go to the gym you know instead of like oh now my day is fucked i don't know it's just like 
going into everything with the worst expectations possible, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I get it. But it's, it's just, uh, man. Christopher. You shouldn't have to. I know you shouldn't have to. Yeah, Christopher. Yeah, it shouldn't have to. I, t- I tell you, man. Like, yeah. I'm a ragey guy. Like, mm. I get it. But I, 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 I got broken last night. No, I was, it was just like. Like unfiltered, like I was shaking. Yeah. I was. I got in my car yeah. and I felt like you know that scene in Breaking Bad when Walter White just fucking punches the steering yes. wheel. Yeah. That's what I felt like. I, I it was genuine, furious anger. I was on the boat and I had three paddles <laughs> and I was using all of them. Yes. I was so mad. I could have punched like a fucking baby in the eye. Yeah. And I would have been fine with it. I yeah. was so mad. Like, why do people have to be like like this? Just. <laughs> the worst examples of any bar patron yeah. like if you go to a bar and you imagine the most annoying stereotypical customer that you can imagine mm. i had that for six hours last night yeah holy shit yeah so mad i was so fucking furious and i know that i'm just repeating myself Not for you. but yeah. it, it, the frustration was so legitimate after yeah. i left it i don't want to go to work tomorrow i'm gonna call sharon mm. and see if she wants to cover my fucking shit <laughs> it's gonna be it's, tough i don't want to fucking deal with it yeah. and just what the fuck just be polite to like a person just be a human being that'd be nice if there's one guy in the bar there's 20 people on the other side of the counter mm. every drink takes two minutes to make because yeah. i gotta mix shit fuck you i don't care i mm. don't care what your priority is just if you're gonna have to wait Two minutes per fucking person. People and then I got to close out the transaction and they're going to have to just deal with it. That's what's going to happen. I mean, people are shitty. There yeah. was, um, I was coming home from work on 77 or trying to get on 77 a couple of days ago. And anybody that's from Charlotte lives in Charlotte. If you're on independence and trying to get on 77, like it is the longest line, especially um, after work at five o'clock. Oh, yeah, it no, is ridiculous. Yeah. And everyone is trying to get into this lane. It's one lane and trying to get on this, this own ramp. And the, the, the line is about a mile long and it's just bumper to bumper everyone trying to t- trying to get there and what a lot of people do is they'll try to drive all the way up to the front and then just like sneak in front of somebody yeah. and like experienced people that like take this route every day we stay bunched up with each other as closely as possible so no asshole can just yeah, bump up yeah. and get in front of us you know so um we're like right there we're like four or five cars away from getting on to 77 on the ramp and then this um this black looks like a chrysler 300 is um trying to nudge his way in front of the car in front of me, the BMW tries to nudge his way, and the BMW is not letting it happen. And it was it's raining, you know, it's, it's, no. it's bad, it's bad other uh, yesterday, I think it was. No. And, this, and this BMW is not letting it happen, and then keeps going, keep going, and the, the car keeps trying to get in front of him, nothing doing. So this guy rolls down this window, starts blowing the horn, mad as fucking, throws an empty can at the BMW, and drives off while giving the finger because he wasn't able to get on, get in. And that's what I'm saying. It's like you can't be a normal human being, right? Like a normal human being would have gotten the back of the line and waited their turn to get to the yeah, front as you do yes but this person was pissed off that someone wouldn't let them cut in front of them because they weren't patient enough to stand in the back of the line you know so it was just like just being prepared that people that's how people are people are shit and it's just, just like this just kind of that that uh that thing that we have like different ideologies about yeah. people it's like i'm thinking that people are just generally shit and you want to have hope for people that they don't have to be shit because for <laughs> the most part in my experience people are amazingly not shit yeah. until i encounter Fucking 70 of them yeah. that are. Yeah. <laughs> There's 7 billion people of us in the planet. You would think that at least like 80% of them are good. I'm starting to doubt you that. Hope. Started to doubt it. I you don't know. Hope, yeah. After yesterday, I'm kind of going like, ah, I'm just going to just be a dick now. Like, I, I don't think that people are bad people, but I, I think that people are thinking about themselves before they think about anything just else. Just too self-centered. Very yeah. much. Yeah. And, and, and it's frustrating. 
Because I try so hard to not be that, mm. that whenever someone is that, I just want to like grab them by the neck and go and like, you don't have to be an asshole. You know that, right? Yeah. Fuck. That's, that's <laughs> the only, I mean, I, I, I love that in, in growth and um and just the further you go in the stages of growth and like 9, 10, 11, and 12, step 15, and then you get to look back and see somebody that's on step three and be like, oh, I can recognize step three because I was once at step three. Yeah, I'm on step seven or eight or nine now, but it's just you're able to identify other characteristics that may still be in yourself or that used to be in yourself that you graduated from. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's a little easier to... um to deal with someone that was in a situation before that you were previously in, mm-hmm. you know, because you know what it feels like to be in it. So when, right. whenever you meet that ragey person, that ragey like 22 year old, 10 years from now, then you'll have a little more um, compassion. Just like, self con- yeah. yeah some, that's, some that's, how, that's how our relationship works. Like I told you from like, from the beginning, like I was you at this the age. No, yeah, so no. it was just like, I understand completely the rage and the anger and all of it because yeah, you got to go through that bullshit yeah. just <laughs> to process worst. it. It's just the worst. <laughs> like, I just, man, it's really, it really is the most frustrating experience. I, I agree. When you like just have to deal with just cocks and cunts and yeah. and all sorts of like nasty words for genitalia that exist. <laughs> just dumb people, people that I swear like there's just lettuce in their skull. Yeah. There's just like oh, stop, stop, think, think for a second, please. Yeah. Just fucking walk down. Like where, where you're stopping, just stop it, and then think: Am I really doing the common thing, like like the common sense thing to do here? Yeah. Am I really fucking thinking about what's coming out of my goddamn mouth? Mm. Do I really want to get a drink at this movie theater bar mm. and then complain about the prices at the fucking movie theater bar? Do I really want to do that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. People don't have that thought process, and yeah. I, I feel like they should. I feel like they should more often. Sure. Oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I um I got stalked at work. Uh, recently, that was that's a shift in conversation. What yeah, the fuck happened? Yeah, um, yeah, just uh, carrying on the same workplace experience things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I called off work on Tuesday, I believe, um, for being sick. Oh, I wasn't actually sick though. <laughs> if you guys are hearing this, fuck you, wasn't sick. <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday, I, call, I called in and um, didn't show up. So Wednesday, I got to work and everybody was acting real weird. Huh. They were acting very odd for like the first 45 minutes that I was there at work. And then the only other black person, this lady, Patrice, uh, she comes up to me. She was like, um, it's like, yeah, you're a bit of a celebrity here now. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it was like, um, yeah, yesterday you, when you weren't here, Lon, um, this uh, Vietnamese lady, she's mm-hmm. pretty cool. She was like, yeah, she, um, and, and she's been stalking me for the longest because she she calls me Christopher Von Zell Lucky all Which the time. Which you only know at work from Facebook. Oh, that's no. only from Facebook. So I know, and I put that, I feed you stuff so you can, only, you can look at that stuff if you want to look at that stuff. So um, I know she was uh, stalking that. So she was like, uh, yeah, Alon, she, um, she put your name into uh, to Google or whatever and pulled up your YouTube page and then found like all your videos. And there was one with like you with your shirt off and you're, you're singing these songs and everything. And we like, we showed everybody in the office the videos and everything. And I was like, that's really cool. She was like, yeah, I didn't know that you could sing. I'm like, yeah, there, I do a lot of things. You should have went ahead and looked up my rap career, music career, the <laughs> podcast. You can look up a lot of things. Like I'm not embarrassed about, you know, the things that I put it on there because I want people to see it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just a very awkward thing. That, I, don't, I don't know. It was just weird that people, care, like, why? 
Yeah, right. You know, it was like, oh, here's this video. Let's pass this around. Everybody come look at this. You know, like, okay. What are, what are you doing? That, it, it was just, it just felt weird. Just enjoy it. Yeah, you yeah. Just watch it and then move on with your life. Yeah, like I, I think they, they were, it was kind of like a, they think they have information on me that I don't want them to have, yeah. but it's on the internet. Yeah, that's <laughs> You know? <laughs> it's like I, I put it on the internet. It's under my page. Like, what the fuck? That's, yeah. People are weird about that shit. They yeah. just want to know everything about you. Yeah. Just like nitpick you and make it's, you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. No, you, you can't. No. Right? I mean, like, even the, the things that I post on Twitter, even the things that I write pretending that I'm uncomfortable, mm-hmm. they're on Twitter. I'm making that. I'm dis- that's a comedic decision to mm-hmm. make myself feel uncomfortable about what's on Twitter. You can't fucking come back at me. No. And then just be like, hey, you posted this embarrassing thing. It's like, no, I, I know. Sure. I, yeah, I, I did that. Yeah. yeah. You've read that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote that. That was, that was me. So, mm-hmm. no, I'm not embarrassed by that. But yeah, that, that's what's weird. happening. Yeah. I can't wait until I'm like until I've reached some amount of zen. Because mm. I, I, at the point where I am right now, I can only be zen about specific things. Okay. So like I've made peace with family issues, mm. and I've made peace knowing that I'm always going to have this sort of weird energy about stuff, sort mm. of obsessive energy. Yeah. Made peace with those things. Yeah. That's okay with. I can't wait until I'm just zen about interactions with people, yeah. until something like happens. And I go like, oh, yeah, no, that's that happened. I'm cool with that. And then I just walk away. Yeah. I cannot wait for that moment in my life. Because I try to get there. Yeah. I try to ignore it. So I try to just be like, all right, chill. That happened to me. It's not going to affect my day. And then an hour later, I'm just like, God damn it, in the yeah. car. And yeah. So I, I, I haven't gotten to, to Zen yet. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm still not 100% there mm-hmm. myself. Like some things can still trigger me. But mm-hmm. the, the, there's a good and a bad side to it, I guess. Like the, the good side of it is that so there's, there's not very much reason to have that like adrenaline rush, you know, of, of being passionate about something mm-hmm. when you take like the things that you don't care about that are bullshit and you're not angry about that. You don't have that adrenaline rush. So whenever like say you're, you're writing something and then... And something really affects you and you get that heart pounding moment of oh shit something's Man. here like you'll I don't know it's like since you're not getting that sensation so many times during the day and you're only getting it from things that you actually care about in the right way right like those moments are more impactful now sure. you know I, I feel like but I mean it, but but the the opposite side of it like I said the bad side of it was just thinking back to when I was 19 20 and 21 and or looking at you and then seeing there, there's a passion for almost everything. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like whether it's like something that you want to do in writing, or you know, it's a passion for that, or just a passion about people that are shitty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that it's always can be triggered the energy and passion and rage in in your in your voice and just who you are. Because I'm a firm believer in that you have to feel passionately about things, or else any day that you have, it's mm. just gonna be the same day as it last can be. day. It, 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 it and, can be. And I I I don't think I can handle that. If mm. if every day yeah. was the same as my last. Last day, oh, yeah. I would fucking blow my head out. Yeah, I can't. There's no way I can deal with that. Like as a person, mm-hmm. just I, I have to feel something yeah. <laughs> throughout the day. Otherwise, I'm just what the fuck am I doing? It's just I think like I said, just channeling yeah. into the things that you can feel yeah. good about in a good way. I guess this is yeah. this, this is true, and I do that a lot. I've been yes. writing a lot lately, and, yeah. and and it helps. Oh yeah, and I just sort of get all of that blah, like yeah. the green <laughs> mile, get the insects out of you, yeah, type thing. Like I get it. That works. Oh yeah, uh, uh, just uh, for the most yeah for the most part. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
fuck. Like, I just, like, I, I walk around seeing yeah. people, and I just see so many people not give a shit yes. about so many things that oh, they yeah. should give a shit. Yeah. I'm not even talking about, like, politics or, or any of that. Just, like, if, you, if you're a human being, and, and then you have a, you have a dog, mm. give a shit about your dog. Like, you, you care yeah. about him. Don't yeah. act like it's, it's, it's just there. You I know, mean, like nothing is just there. You can't really. I don't know. That's that's tough because, like, yeah. thing. I, I think drinking water, like almost a gallon of, like you, your body is mostly water. Yeah. So that's something that I very much care about. So yeah. I'm, I'm at work and I'm drinking so much water and so much water that I'm looking at these people like, how are you not drinking water? How are you not <laughs> drinking enough water every day? Like, are you fucking stupid? Most of your body is made up of water. If you drink this water, yeah. it has so many uh, dietary benefits and it benefits you in everything. You're a moron. But it's like yeah. if I think that in my mind and. You you know, it's like why you do whatever you want to do. Just that don't is exhausting. Me. That yeah. is exhausting. I'll, I'll give you that. But I, I don't know. I just, feel, I just feel like there's a human beings have a fundamental level of this passion mm. lately. That I think it's part of what's like I think hurting just because we get stuck in the same routines in the same loops. Mm. And then when and then when you go to finally break enough of the routine mm. to go watch a movie, you feel like the universe owes you the fucking movie. So by the time, and then the bartender's like having 20 people in front of you, mm. and then you're there fucking FaceTiming your friend, uh, but you don't care because uh, the universe owes you this one because you finally broke routine for one. Yeah. That's a sad, sad, ex- stop, stop. Just care a little bit more about shit around you. Mm. When you see a, a cute dog, pet the fucking dog. That'd be nice. You see a cute cat, pet the fucking cat. If you want to. Yeah, if mm. you want to. Yeah. If you see somebody and you see something you fancy at the store, mm. consider buying it. Maybe don't buy it, but maybe think about it. Just okay. enough, just something enough to break the monotony of your fucking day just so that you can feel something new mm. for once a day so that when you go to the movie theaters on the weekends, you don't feel like the universe owes you anything because mm. it sure fucking doesn't and your bartender doesn't give a shit yeah. about the fact that you've had a rough week because guess what? He's had a rough week too serving all the cunts like you mm. that had a rough fucking week too and I got to hear it fucking everything I don't care. The universe doesn't care. God's not real. We're all going to die. Just fucking live with it. Just do it. That's fine. That's fucking fine. I, I have, yes. I have nothing to add. That was awesome. So. Good. Badlands. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. <laughs> that was awesome. I like that. <laughs> ah, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Welcome back for Films Like Podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about Badlands. Yes, the uh, 1973 Criterion one. Yes, 1973. The other one wasn't a remake, right? It was just a bad no. movie. Yeah, just okay. a bad movie. Yeah. Cool. Uh, do, do, the, do your thing. Uh, Badlands is a PG movie. It uh, came out in 1973. It's a drama action with one hour and 35 minute runtime. Inspired by real life killers Charles Starkweather and Carol, Carol Ann Fugat. Fugate. Uh, this. <laughs> this tale of crime and love begins in a dead end town. Teenage girl Holly, played by uh, Sissy, how is Spacek? Sp- Sp- Sissy's Spacek. We're going to call her Spacek. No, Spacek. Yeah. Um, teenage uh, girl Holly Spacek. Um, angers her father, played by Warren Oates, when she begins dating an older and rebellious boy, played by Martin Sheen. After a conflict between Holly and her father erupts in murder, the young lovers are forced to flee. And the ensuing crime flee, uh, spree, uh, they journey through the Midwest west into the Badlands of Montana, eluding the authorities along the way. The writer-director is Terrence Malick. Um, he's the director from a movie called, um, the writer-director of a movie called Song to Song. Yeah. That's, uh, I, that was Gosling, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Me neither. Dan Kava like highly recommended yeah. it, but the reviews were shit, and I just never got around to it. <laughs> you know, but he said it was great. But that's Terrence Malick's works as well. He's and, a lead uh, director, that's for sure. Oh yeah. There's a uh, and then Martin Sheen is uh, plays Kit, and Sissy Spacek plays Holly. Yep. Uh, apart, okay, so I know Terrence Malick is kind of like he, I wouldn't call him an art house director. No, no, no. But he he makes movies that are not necessarily like blockbuster um, theater type movies. So. Right. They're yeah. also not super easy to watch in the traditional sense. Definitely. He likes to do weird shit with the camera. Yeah. Um, which a lot of some of the weird shit that he did with the camera in this one I actually quite enjoyed a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like just I have I've only seen Badlands from him. Mm-hmm. In terms of writing wise, yeah, I. I was so ambivalent. Just <laughs> like that's the thing. It's like I, I, I didn't, I didn't have a um, like a, a horse in the race because like I didn't, yeah. I, I had never seen this movie before either. Right. But it is troubling to me. It is yeah. very troubling to me that <laughs> the Criterion movies, like the the movies mm. that are like the best written and the, the best, like um, the be, the best, the best cinematography. Like these are the yeah. best of the best. The movie looked gorgeous. No, nope. I like the cinematography of the movie. Yeah. I just wasn't invested in, in in the story. It didn't it didn't hook me. All right. It didn't create any sense of urgency. It didn't make me feel anything in particular. Like you are I, out of your mind. Yeah. Here. No, I'm not. What? I, I I I just like I. Uh, how do I say this? It's it's a really well made film, and I liked yeah. all of the production that went into the film. Yeah. I think it deserves the review that it gets in terms of like technicality. Oh yeah. And it did some really fun stuff with the camera, and it yes. did some really good, efficient stuff with the camera and delivering yeah. information. Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, but I just like Criterion movies have this, uh, and, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to call it a problem, mm-hmm. but they have this, this, this common link with them mm-hmm. that they abandon structure for the mm-hmm. sake of telling something that's a little bit more obtuse than than traditional than traditional structure. movie. Yeah. yeah, they abandon traditional structure. Yeah. Which is great. I'm okay with abandoning traditional structure. Yeah. But a lot of the a lot of these movies, Badlands included, mm. have the problem that when they abandon traditional structure, there's not enough for me to compensate for the abandonment of that structure. Uh, I guess uh, what you're saying, uh, what I'm trying to get out of it is like, mm. imagine that every movie is like a tic-tac-toe board. Right. So you know where things are supposed to go. And then you see when the X's and the O's are lining up like, up, oh, you're not going to be able to win that. It's cats. I've seen this thing. Mm-hmm. And then you come back, you come to a, a movie and then you don't have that structure at all. So you don't, it's harder to follow. And I mean, I don't know, that's, I enjoy movies like that to kind of take everything away. And it's like, you're going to take away from this what you choose because we're not going to like feed you anything. Well, no, I and, and, and I think... The 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 uh, sort of pervasiveness, the mm. like the pervasive issue that I have with that mm. is that I'm not feeling like the director is saying anything mm. when that happens. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm feeling like he's just feeding you visuals and feeding you odd lines and whatever. Right. And then when you get to take your meaning out of a film, like mm. when you as a person get to take the meaning out of a film, yeah. uh, there's usually a level of involvement with the director. Mm. And you're communicating with a director through a film. Yes. And I love that experience. Yeah. And a lot of the Criterion films, the director, the director takes himself out of that. Takes himself so far out of the equation you that I can't love, communicate with them. You don't love that? It's like I love like the the selflessness and like the zero percent ego of that. No, it, it's not because Lady Bird. I was communicating like Definitely. I felt like Lady Bird. I was communicating with, with Greta Gerwig. Me too. As a director, seriously, right? Yes. And it had a huge, profound impact. So I don't mm. think it's an egotistical thing mm. to say something, to have some sort 
of yourself as a director. I don't think it's egotistical. Maybe that's not the right word. Yeah, yeah but I, I, but it is very selfless, you know, yeah. to take yourself out of it completely and say, this is the thing. It's like, I'm not the thing. It's just, I am just the canvas that you're able to look at the thing through without me at all, you know? Right. I mean, I, I, I but anyway, let's, let's get to no. what the actual movie is. Now, like I said, going into it and not knowing anything about it and the, the movie's opening up and the first thing I see is uh, Sissy Spacek, um, play, her name is Holly in this movie and I remembering it from um, from Three Women the the last movie that I've seen her mm-hmm. in is the Three Women I'm like oh shit it's fucking sissy she's back she played no. um Peggy or Paige or something whatever her Peggy. name was in Three Women whatever but um but yeah she she was and I was like wow I really enjoyed her as an actress in Three Women so I was like ready to set myself up for another uh, movie with that kind of tone mm-hmm. because it's right it's made right around the same time so whatever they were getting from her as an actress they were just gonna continue to do that with her so I'm like all right I know what the tone is of this movie j- based by her being in it and then I see Martin Sheen this dude I come in for me too. Man, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? He was ready to get, <laughs> he could have got fucked immediately. Did you see Martin? Martin, did you see that oh, body? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that body, that he Martin Sheen. Something. Oh my God. Like Martin Sheen, like that's a perfect body. Like that's the body that I want. That's a perfect <laughs> body. Like this, the chest was good, arms good, legs are great. Like at one point in the movie, he's carrying like a 300 pound man over his shoulders and walk, walking the dead man somewhere else. And they show you for a minute the, the side profile of his face to let you know it's actually him doing it. Man. You know, so I'm like, yeah, this guy is stacked. Good shit on you, Martin Sheen. Like I, because <laughs> the only thing I knew about Martin Sheen was the West Wing. What you were yeah. showing me, like that's what I know Martin Sheen from, or um, I think it was like Apocalypse Now, like so, some stuff like that. Yeah, you like know? some some yeah, the older not super like like well known, not like super well known, but like I mean, I, like I, not super proficient. I, well, I mean, I mean that's that's a, a bigger yeah. move, but I mean I'm, I'm thinking like where he's not a full grown adult, like right, Martin yeah. Sheen, the father of Emilio, Emilio Estevez, uh, Charlie Sheen. Like mm-hmm. that's who I know Martin Sheen as as Charlie Sheen's dad. You know, right. not not as like. You know, this young 20-something-year-old that, you know, had his own life and experiences and acting <laughs> career on his own before being the old man that I know him as today. Right. So seeing him walk in and, and seeing him talk with that, that uh, like, it sounded like a southern country ac- accent, yeah. you know, but they're supposed to be in, like, Montana or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So, like, with that country accent, I'm like, holy shit, like... I'm I'm digging his his style and his his charisma from the opening of the movie. Um, you have uh, Sissy; she's uh, narrating through the ma- majority yeah. of the movie. She Which starts off narrating. I have a problem with in most movies. Me too. I don't yeah. like it. I didn't. I, I I don't think it was effective in this movie. I don't. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it in this movie. I didn't mind it in this movie at all. Um, it, it got a little overrun with mm-hmm. the um with the narration, but I, I didn't mind it. But um, yeah, we start off with like her narrating and, and letting you know what this movie is. And uh, Martin Sheen's character, he's working at a it's like a garbage man, yep. uh, pretty much. We get to see that, and we get to see the guy. What's what's his name? Cato or Cater? Cato, yeah. See him working with Cato, and that they're friendly and they're playful with each other. And then while they're on the rod, he. But you also get a clue that Martin Sheen is very much like a hustling kind of guy. Like oh he, yeah. He tries to hustle people for. Yeah. Definitely you know, hustle type he dude. Wants, yeah. yeah. The um while while they're on the rod, he sees what what looks to be like a very young girl. When you look at her, you think mm-hmm. she's twelve or so. When they have the conversation, she's like she's fifteen, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, while they're talking, she's like, "Are you still in school?" So I'm like, "How old is this guy supposed to be right now?" You know. Yeah. So he's he's supposedly like directly out of school, so he's supposed to be like nineteen, twenty. He looks like he's like twenty, like twenty five. Yeah. Yes, he looks like twenty five or so. Yeah. But yeah, like he's supposed to be like nineteen, twenty or whatever. Which I guess helps for the plot of the movie. Like that's a- yeah. You can't have the twenty five year old with the fifteen year old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> but yeah, but, but but I guess it was okay for the twenty-year-old to be with the fifteen-year-old. But yeah, they wanted to be closer in age anyway. Right. So um, so yeah, and then she's like, uh, he's like, I'd like to see you again. Would that be okay? But like, yeah, I know what my my dad will say. What would he say? He's like, I don't want you hanging around people like that. You know, people that pick up garbage. He's like, what's your dad know about garbage? Nothing. Mm-hmm. All right, then fuck him. Then like, <laughs> he doesn't know shit. Or whatever. So um, they she they they leave, but he still wants to see her again. So they start sneaking off and and hanging yeah. out. And apart, this is what I did like about the narration was like the the foreshadowing is like I said with that lack of structure, then they just kind of give you a little bit here and there. And so like after they're kind of dating, and she's like, uh, yeah, I guess he kind of knew that today was going to be the last day that we we'll ever be happy again, that we we're ever going to be able to be this peaceful and be in love the way that we are right now. Yeah. So like even with like the movie being slow for the first twenty five minutes and trying to figure out what's what even is this movie right. is her letting us know that this movie is about to take a terrible turn if you stick with me for a little while. See, so I, like, enjoy, right. I quite enjoyed the first 25 minutes yes, okay. of the film. I all quite right. enjoyed them. Nice. Because we get enough narration to know what's going on. Yep. But we also just let the characters be characters. Be. Yeah. yeah. And so we get Kit uh, trying to uh, sort of, I guess... Get uh, Sissy's like attention. Seduce, sedu- yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah seduce yeah. Holly and get her attention. Yeah. But the way that that does that, it, it, it feels organic. It feels like mm-hmm. if the guy just saw her wandered up and then just kind of like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. With that James Dean swagger on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I thought was like Morning Sheen was very successful at believing me yeah. that that was a person that existed. Yeah. Uh, I love I love his, his like swagger. I loved his persona. I yeah. loved his dead, cold sort of just re articulation of things that already happened. Yeah. Uh, I think like one of the lines uh, that I wrote was just like someone threw a rock at him or did something like that or mm. like oh someone tossed his hat at the window at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. This guy's yeah. like, you just tossed my hat at the window. You want to sue me? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, no. And I was just like, <laughs> like he's just so sort of like he's is he's in his own mind yeah. as a character, yeah. and I loved Martin Sheen for the way he portrayed this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but. After those like 30 minutes are gone, mm-hmm. the movie just relies so much on the narration to give you any context of what's oh, happening. No. It I, just relies I, so much of it. Because like, we, we, we get to see them like uh, go on dates and whatever, mm-hmm. but it's all narrated by Sissy, to, yeah. like Holly's character, yeah. selling you kind of the emotional beats. Mm-hmm. And I have a problem with that. Like, I want to see the emotional beats. I don't want to be told the emotional beats. I mean, they. what about when they were living in, like, the treehouse uh, area? It's like she's narrating before that, but then you kind of get to, all right. So they, they go from her reading a book, mm-hmm. um, and then he's, he's listening along, and you kind of see that they have nothing. So, in I mean, common. he has mm-hmm. to kind of, like, listen to her read books, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they are. And uh, later on where um, she tells a shitty, shitty joke. Yeah. It's a terrible joke, and a guy busts out laughing or whatever. Yeah. It's just like you're, you're in solitude, like you have nothing nothing so you kind of have to work with each other and then from that narration they say that uh she's like yeah he he thinks that i'm just along for the ride you right. know not pull him on weight and then you show him trying to fish you know right they're not pulling any fish and she's just like kicking her feet back and forth in the water and he was like all right you take a break red <laughs> you know it's nah, like it's like i mean there are moments where it worked <laughs> but the, the moments that when it worked for me are when it's just like she says something it's immediately shown on camera she mm. says something it's immediately shown on camera i get that can work very well and I think it did in some points like the mm. fishing moment worked mm. the, the thing with the joke worked mm. but there's just so much of like when they're sitting or driving that we hear so much of Holly's thoughts she talks a lot and I genuinely don't give a shit mm. about any of Holly's thoughts in this film alright I genuinely did not because mm. I feel like she was just like she was easily manipulated by Kid yeah right? I mean, she's 15 yeah, yeah she's yeah. 15 so she's obviously easily manipulated yeah. but she's not the interesting character to me 
I mean, the the serial killer is. Yeah. Or the not serial killer, the mass murderer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and, and and I get it. We don't want to do it from Martin's character point of view. Yeah. I get that, but I spent so much time with Holly mm-hmm. that I didn't care. <laughs> you know, like uh, I, I was forced to spend time with a character that I don't particularly enjoy. I I don't yeah. know. I, I I thought it was like a a brilliant move to like put it through the lens of a woman as opposed to like the lens of the killer. Yes. Um, the, that is a smart move. Yeah, it's it's like the, the the best examples of it for me was like the compassion that the woman had and and her uh, night is naivete being naive. naivete. Yeah. yeah. Um. That 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 she really has. Um. When. Uh, well, let me let me fast forward mm-hmm. to well when uh, the father dies. Well, the father gets shot, and then she's like, "Is he going to be all right?" You think he's okay? It's just like the, the, that being naive to what's really happened right here and that compassion of even though I kind of do want my father out of the picture, I still I, hope. I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm concerned. I hope yeah. he's all right. And Cato, same thing. Um, it was like um, he, he shoots his friend Cato, and then after he shot, he, uh, she asked him, she's like, um, is, he, is he upset? Is he upset about it? And then um, yeah, he says, he didn't say anything to me about it, <laughs> if he is. You, you know, so it's like, so that was a great line. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like she, she's very compassionate and cares about, about people. Like no matter all this murderous stuff that's going on, she's very compassionate. But, um, but yeah, but we, we were left off where so the, the, the father wants nothing to do with it with this guy, this garbage right. collector, James Dean-looking, you know, new kid on the block He's type of guy. He's obviously not a good influence. No, yeah. oh, no. Like, so um, then the father finds out that, that she's been going behind his back and still seeing this, this garbage man. So he takes the dog, takes him out into the middle of the field, takes his gun and shoots the dog. Yep. And that's, that's like part of the narration. She was like, yeah, daddy found out that we were still talking. So he, he, shoot, he shot my dog. <laughs> I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Uh, and okay, so I did like that. And mm-hmm. here's the reason why I like that. Mm-hmm. Because that establishes that even though Sissy's character is being manipulated, mm-hmm. her lack of, how do you say it? Her lack of empathy mm. towards things that don't directly concern her mm-hmm. is very much prevalent in that scene oh, yes. with the doc. So mm. even though she's not, you know, kid levels of empathy less. Yes. Or, does that? I mean, I don't think that's a word, but it does yeah, fit. It works. Empath- yeah, empathy yeah, less. Yeah. Uh, uh, she's not that level of sociopathic characteristic yeah. as Kit, yeah. but she has some sociopathic characteristics yes. that make her want to be an interesting character. Like mm. at that point, I was just like, "All right, this is interesting." Mm. She's gonna get a little bit more involved in the murders later oh, no. on, and and I'm, we're gonna see a, a relationship develop, kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde fashion. Ah, um, you were expecting kind of that they she would eventually take on more of a uh, a uh, physical role or a... Um... I, mean, I expected there would be more emotional conflict and that the emotional conflict would be brought on about by her uh, getting pushed to a point where she had to kill somebody, right? Mm. I thought that was what was going to happen. Maybe it was by accident. Maybe it was in a struggle. Maybe it was something that happened. Mm. But I wanted the emotional weight of her now having to do with the fact that she has consciously made a choice to kill somebody. And that would have made her an interesting character because I feel like I would have seen some development for her. There wasn't much. There, was the only, there wasn't any foreshadowing for that, like any advertising for for that mm-hmm. at all. The, the, except for where they go to the woods, and then uh, she says that Kit made me figure out how to take a gun apart and put it back together, just in case I had to shoot somebody. Yeah. Oh, but 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 that was in in before that she says that if you're ever on your own and I'm not around and you're by yourself, right. so it's like so I'm like all right. So if this movie gets to a point to where he dies, then she may be put in that situation. But if as long as he's alive, the person that he is, he's not gonna let her. And kill that's what else. I thought was gonna happen when she like leaves him. Uh, when he, he she tells him that he, she doesn't he doesn't want to go anymore. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to go anymore. Yeah, I thought that she would be put in a situation where now there's gonna be an emotional conflict for her character. Mm-hmm. But for a point of view character, mm-hmm. 
there was just no development on her. She was just consistently the same. She was just like this passive, just person. I mean, I, I don't. I I'm glad they didn't like try to change or jazz her up because mm-hmm. I mean, she was the actual like a real person. No. So it was like, I don't I don't know. Like I I was happy with the way that her character was portrayed. It would have been more fun had there been like a traditional style of a movie to where mm-hmm. she would have had to have a character arc, but mm-hmm. then it would have taken away from the actual like story, you know, but of this character. Here's here's the thing for me. I don't think that Holly's character had much of a story. I think no, that, that the guy who had the person who had a story was Kitts. And even his yes. was so I don't want to say underdeveloped, but it was so like it's it's one thing to subvert expectations, mm. but it's another thing to put the line of expectations so under yeah. the subversion that it just sneaks away. You if you let it, I guess. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Like I mean, like <laughs> it's what uh, how do I say it? It's one of those things, like, I, I acknowledge the movie. Terrence Malick is a fantastic director, oh, yeah. from what I've heard. Um, but it's just not, there was just not a hook. There was not a hook in the movie. I, I disagree, yeah. but I, well, let's, let's get to, the, to it, no. though. So, um, so the, the father is saying, like, you know, you're not going to be dating my daughter. Mm-hmm. Finds out, shoots a dog. She's upset by it, but you don't really see her grieving too hard about right. it, but you know that she's not digging she's that not shit. Partic- she's, she didn't like it, but yeah. she got over it really quick. Yeah, she had, she had to get over it, but... It's when then the then uh, Martin Sheen Kit he goes over and talks to the father and he's just being super respectful about mm-hmm. it. He's like, "This is something that I want, you know." So I'm going to go to this father and he says, "Sir," to him. He was like, "Any, any mm-hmm. a, a thing that I thought was important, just showing how much respect is when he went to talk to him." And then he's like, uh, you, "You don't you mind me uh, leaning up against your truck or whatever he's mm-hmm. leaning up against?" He was like, "Do you mind me doing that?" It was like he's just trying to show as much respect as he can. Mm-hmm. And in his mind, it's like if I show my his, show the father that I'm not just some you know, garbage truck guy, and then I have good intentions for his daughter. And he even says, and then the father's like, so what happens if, um, you know, she, y'all, y'all get tired of being with each other and you, you get tired of her, she gets tired of you? It was like, well, I'll just let her go. You know, these things she doesn't want to do. Tell everybody with me. I deserved it. Yep, and I deserved it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, and the father was just still like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to ever see you on, on this property again. I don't ever want to see you again. And then Martin Sheen just stands there and mm. looks at him. You, you know, it's like he does, like the conversation's over. He's just like, I don't ever want to see you again. And then Martin Sheen just stands there. Yep. And then they, and then they, show the, they show the father again with a cigarette in his mouth. And then he's like, you know what? You really are something. You know, after he <laughs> says it to him, and then Martin Sheen's like, yeah, well. Takes all kinds, sir. Takes all kinds. Yeah. And, and then walks off. It's like that. I love, love that scene. But um, so, so you go from there to Martin Sheen is like, all right, I've tried the respectful way. I've tried the way that the world and society says that things are supposed to uh, go, mm-hmm. and this didn't work. So now I'm kind of forced into a situation to where I have to take matters into my own hands. Right. So he goes to the house, and he's just sitting in the house waiting for the father and, and the daughter. Where do they come back from church? He's like scrummaging. He's just like walking around. The house. Oh, yeah, he's just in the house. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 inside the house waiting. And wherever they're coming from, like she looks like she's just got back from church or whatever. She has a very mm-hmm. nice dress on. Right. So wherever they've been gone to, they come back and um, he's standing there at the top of the stairs with a gun, you know, just brandishing it all, all out right there by his mm-hmm. side. And he tells the father, he's like basically like, hey, I, I came to you as a man. I tried to tell you I wanted to date your daughter and take your daughter out, but um, you weren't agreeable to that. So now I'm just gonna take her. You know, that's just going to be what it is. And the father was like, you're fucking crazy as shit. Like, you inside of my house? How about you get the fuck out of my house? He's like, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. He's like, all right, well, I'm calling the police. So he starts to make his way downstairs. And like, all right, well, uh, supposing I shot you, you, how'd that be? 
<laughs> God looked at him and was like, ah. I was like, all right, well, you don't think I'll do it? He shoots into the ground just so he knows that this is a loaded gun and I'm not afraid to use the gun. And the tension really built for me right there because I'm like, he's not a murderer. He's not a killer. And the dad knows that he's not a killer. You know, he's just some boy that wants to date my 15-year-old daughter. And as soon as he shoots into the ground, Charlie Sheen's breath is, you can see his chest just right. going back and forth, back and forth, eyes, big as fuck, starting to like get a little of a glisten, you know, from, from the he adrenaline. The thrill. Yeah, yeah, he had the thrill. And the father was like, um, he just turns around just like, fuck you, kid. Like, mm -hmm. you're not doing shit. I don't respect you or your gun. Like, fuck that. Yeah. So the father starts to walk back downstairs, and he's like, what the fuck? You didn't expect me? Hey, hey. Turns around, two shots. One in the chest, or well, one in the stomach. One look like the leg, maybe, area. Yeah, yeah, stomach or leg. That, my, that, that's my favorite shot in the entire movie, yeah? by the way. When Charlie Sh Martin Sheen's standing at the top of the stairs, mm -hmm. and then the guy goes to call the phone, yeah. and then the camera cuts to, uh, an over, not an over-the-shoulder, but like a behind-the-shot of Charlie. Yeah. And it just kind of moves around around them as he goes down the stairs. Mm -hmm. That was a very sexy shot. Yeah. I enjoyed that shot. Oh, yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, my favorite shot in the entire movie, mm -hmm. I think. And then, because it, it was a really good release of tension, that mm -hmm. shot. Oh, yeah. Because you know exactly what was going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to get shot oh, immediately yeah. after yep. that. And he and it does. The, the dad gets shot. Yeah. Uh, and, and so after that point, I'm like, okay, this movie could be, like at this point, I'm with the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm like, this movie could be something that I would really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, because the, the, I feel like Terrence had a nice handle on like character setup mm. and then building tension in a scene and then relieving the tension and then letting the audience experience that. Mm. Um, but then I just never saw any of that again. Ah, I said disagree again, no. but let's, let's keep going. <laughs> uh, so, so they, they kill the father and like I said, uh, the, the daughter, she, she's, uh, she sees that her dad is there. She's like, is he going to be all right? You know, is he, is he doing well? And then, uh, they make a plan to take whatever they can take it then and get on the road. Uh, he takes the body and puts it like in the basement, I guess. He drags the body mm -hmm. to a different location from the, where it was in the living the room. Basement. Yeah, like the basement. And takes uh, gasoline and fills the house with gasoline, throwing it on everything, and sets the house on fire. Uh, it was a good, really good shot that I liked was uh, when the father's dead body is down there in the basement, and you could just see the flames, mm -hmm. you know, rising uh, like everywhere around it. Before but, that, uh, they recorded a tape to make it look like there was a... Yeah. Mutual suicide. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. He he records like a, a like however many minutes of a recording, saying that they both decided to take their own lives, just like uh, the way that he killed the father. Like he admits to killing mm -hmm. the father, and that they're both going to kill themselves, and then lets it play out in front of the burning house. You know, so Once people can hear. It. Yeah, yeah, it's like a suicide note. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like the shot where he goes to the recording booth to yeah. set it up. Yes. First of all, there's two things that Malik did that were really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, after after he records the thing, the glass is broken, so you can tell he didn't ob he obviously broke into yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, but also, I like the fact that he said what he had to say. Me and Holly have decided to kill ourselves. Yeah. Yada yada yada. I ran out of things to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like so real. Like it felt like so natural. Yeah. Like it's just like this is what would be happening. And um, so, yeah, so they, they, they're on the run. They have whatever they can inside of a truck or a car or whatever, and they go into the middle of nowhere in the wilderness, and they start building, like, tree houses and forts and, um, and, and uh, what would you call those things? Were uh, Traps. Mm -hmm. So I'm building all kind of traps and everything to just, just in case anybody ever found them out there in the middle of nowhere. And it seems like they live there for a, little, a good amount of time, you know, because, like, they start getting news reports that, mm -hmm. um, that they, they only found one body inside of the house, so they know that those two and kill themselves. Right. Um, so, I mean, they, they, they're they there for a number of months, it seems like, yeah. um, to the point where 
you 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 believe that time has passed because you see him fishing with a um like a net for mm -hmm. three or four scenes and then eventually you can tell he's just frustrated of not <laughs> catching stuff shooting. yeah and start shooting the fish and that's what eventually gets him them caught Man. you know for the first time him shooting a fish and then there's some guy in the in the field and this is another thing that I liked about about this um, particular scene is um when he, he's he's out there fishing with the with the uh, with the net mm -hmm. and then for the first time since they've been out in the wilderness you see a white car drive by that's mm -hmm. the first car that you truly see and you kind of think to yourself like how close are they to like civilization right. is this like a place to where you know you might see one or two cars every two days you know like where are they at so he sees the car and then still decides to shoot inside the yeah. um, the, the the pond to kill this fish which he doesn't but now there's there's a man across the pond with a rifle and mm -hmm. he sees somebody out there and knows that there's people that's wanted or whatever you know right. that's in the area so they, they eventually come out. He does the alert call and she runs off. And then this is the point where I think that some shit is about to go down. Mm -hmm. Like where you were talking about the, uh, that she's going to have to make a decision to kill somebody yeah. or that maybe she's just going to die right now mm -hmm. because he hides inside a, um, it's some Vietnam, Vietnam ass trench. Like. Yes. And you kind of have to ask yourself like, what, how are you so good at doing these things? Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, he was a true story. Like, you know, but what, what kind of background do you have to where you were able to like, you know, live off? Well, I guess it's the, they're basing it from the 50s and stuff so people were a lot more with it like Savvy, yeah. yeah like you could take a chicken and kill it and pluck it and figure out how to kill it in the 50s like that's a skill you had to have like right. i couldn't do that today and live but but yeah so i mean that's that, that's why he was able to do that but um so the bounty hunters are, are, are coming for him it looks like it's just one but it ends up being three fucking bounty hunters yep. and she runs off but she doesn't even run like a couple of hundred feet and decides she's gonna hide behind a log mm -hmm. and in my mind watching it i'm thinking they're just gonna lay low and let the people search their area and then see that they're not there and then you know leave and then call back up to come and they'll and the two uh one people will leave while they're gone right. you know so um there's tension happening they're walking through the woods you're getting close-ups those macro shots were fucking awesome when, when they're when they're putting when they're putting the treehouse stuff together mm -hmm. you get a macro of like a tiny bug like oh, the yeah. tiniest oh, yeah, bug yeah. and then a macro of him like a uh, tying rope to the uh to the wood like i mm -hmm. I, I just really enjoyed the, how close and distinctive and detailed those were you were not not, not they they were fine. They I, look, I was I wasn't offended by them. No, they didn't do anything for me. They were just kind of there. I mean, they were beautiful. Yeah. It, you know, it's just like I don't know. It's like I I, I like when things are are done well. Yeah, right. it's just like we're going. Like, it's kind of like the the um, what's the the movie we just did, um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. It's just like what what do you enjoy seeing? It's like we're talking about the guns and and action stuff. Like I don't enjoy it, but that doesn't mean it's not good right. or no, bad. The shots yeah. were the shots were. Yeah. Gorgeous. It just it like they look said, gorgeous. Yes, it's like like the action didn't do anything mm -hmm. for me. That doesn't mean it's not good action scene. And the same thing for you is like it just didn't do anything for you. You know, right? But yeah, so um, yeah, I really enjoy those shots. But yeah, so they're they're in they're in the field in this and and um and the bounty hunters are coming for him. She's hiding behind a log, and then you're just hearing the brush and people the bounty hunters stepping on uh, twigs and just getting closer and closer. And then uh, Kit he he stands up a little bit outside of his hiding spot and he yells, "Hey you!" Shoots him in the leg, guy turns around, shoots him in the chest. Then I'm like, fuck. Like, this movie has turned into a different movie because it was just a guy who really wanted a girl, and there was a, a, a terrible dad that was, you know, because he, he shot the dog. So mm -hmm. he kind of, and we don't know why he's so overprotective of, this, of his daughter. So he kills the dad. So I'm like, all right, that's something that can happen. They run off together. But now these are like what looks like 
police authorities, mm-hmm. which you don't really know at the time. So he, he shoots the first one, and then the other two are running away, and he shoots that one in the back, and then the other one is starting to get away through the clearing, and then he's like, hey, pow, yep. shot right in the back. He's definitely enjoying himself. Oh, yes. Yeah. Kills three, murders three more people. So now he has four bodies on his head. Yep. So there's, not, there's no coming back from this. There's no coming back. There's no redemption. Like, you're going to have to die at the end of this movie type shit. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing good for you in this movie after you murdered four people. And he says his justification for it was murdering those three people and shooting them in the back is if they were police, you know, police, they'll come by and they're just trying to do their job. Right. You know, like, the way that he turns himself over at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, if there were just police officers, you know, then they're trying to do their job. You know, they'll take us in. You know, we'll go to jail, yada, yada. But these are bounty hunters. They just wanted to collect the money. So they would have murdered us. They would have did anything. They didn't give a damn. They just wanted the money. Yeah. So he had to kill them. So I'm like, fuck. Now you got four You got four bodies on you and you're on the run. She hasn't killed anyone yet, you nope. know, but but she's an accomplice. Yes. <laughs> you know? Very much so. Yeah. So uh, they, they are completely on the run. Like, where, where are you at this point in the movie? At the, at the, uh, at, uh, on this point in the movie, I'm like, I saw him shoot the three cops, yeah. uh, the three bounty hunters yeah. or whatever. And I'm disappointed that Holly didn't really do anything. Um, but I'm okay with it because I was just like, all right, maybe that was the first confrontation. Something's going to happen that well, she's going to do something. Why did you want her to, to kill people so bad? I didn't want her to kill people. I wanted an emotional conflict from her. I wanted, some, I wanted her to be troubled by something. But she wasn't. She was just troubled by the fact that uh, she her relationship with Kit got boring. That's the only thing she was like really troubled with. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and, and but I just felt like I don't know. I, 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 she was too young to deal with it. Like uh, the end, the end line um, at the end is was he's talking about uh, yeah um, about those people I killed. You know, as just it is what it is. But uh, too bad that your your father had to die. And yeah. she's like, yeah, it's like yeah, that's something we'll have to talk about one day. Yeah. So it's just like she still hasn't even processed that. You know, right. it's like the the emotion of your father has died and all these people that you have killed. Like she's a kid that by the time she's like in her twenties, she's gonna look back and it's like what the fuck. And now then we'll get to see it. But it's just. But at the end of the movie, we get an uh, we get and I married the man of the son of the lawyer that represented me. Mm-hmm. So like obviously time has spent the narration that's happening mm-hmm. is obviously not happening in real time. Mm-hmm. It's obviously future sissy, yes, like future Holly mm-hmm. looking back on the events that happened, yeah. and we're seeing. The memory, I guess. It's, yeah, I mean, the future Holly still hasn't processed these things yet. Because like I said, she's, she's still bouncing from one thing to the next thing to the next no. thing. And I thought it was a very pertinent information that they said that she married the um, the son of the person that represented her. So it's not like, you know, she it was just a person that was conveniently there. No, yeah, yeah. You know, so it was just like she's just bouncing from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. She's such a passive character. Yeah, oh yeah. And I didn't like that. I just don't like passivity in my in my in my characters. Right. Uh, and because I don't think I don't think it's inherently interesting when someone's passive in a movie. Uh, and and so like, I, I, that's what, uh, uh, like Kit's character. He was in, he was an actionable character. Mm. He did things in the movie. Mm-hmm. Holly was just along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what he accused her of yeah. too. Yeah, but she was the point of view character. Mm-hmm. So as as an audience member. The point of view character is usually the character that you sort of use as an avatar to usually, understand what's yes. happening. That's typical structure, uh, yeah. Uh, which is a very effective way of telling your audience, hey, mm. um, something's, you should feel, you should hint at something happening emotionally. Mm. But Holly's lack of sort of emotional development mm. just left me with such an uninspired taste in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt yeah. nothing and I cared nothing and I, and I, about her character. 
You know what I'm saying? I guess. Like, like it's, it's okay to abandon structure. It mm-hmm. really is okay to abandon structure. Yeah. But as a filmmaker, I genuinely want to feel like there's, there's a sense of emotional urgency that the point of view character has to go through. And that doesn't mean that it has to be dramatic mm-hmm. or has to be big. But I want, I, I, I want the idea of someone processing information. Mm-hmm. And 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 I it's just didn't. I don't think she's that person. Like, I mean, yeah. maybe as like a fifty year old, she could be that person. But like, she was just too immature, too mentally immature to be able to process any of that to have any kind of conflict. But but even okay, so even if, and this is just like even like fifteen year olds that are immature to process something, yeah. they have some sort of coping mechanism mm-hmm. when stuff like that happens. That's yeah. just like psychology. Mm-hmm. You always have a coping mechanism. Yeah. I didn't get that from any anyone in this movie. Because uh, Kit, Kit would make sense to not have one because mm. he's a full-blown sociopath. He's just in it for himself. Yeah. His justification is that I didn't get what I want. Mm. That's fine. But Holly's sort of just being so passive, her justification just kind of felt like I just kind of got wrapped up in this. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, she, she's a passive person, but it's like my enjoyment of the movie wasn't, uh, wrapped in her character, I guess. It's like well, you're saying like the traditional, and I I can see that if if you're accustomed to this way of movie and then that's taken away, so it's like what is the point of having her in the movie for you? Is yeah, what you're saying? she's not she's not useful in the movie. She's nothing in the movie. It's like, but but for me, it's like she like what's the point of? I don't know. It's like her 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 character, even though she is the main character, it. It didn't hinder my enjoyment of yeah. it. Here's here's the thing. I look at movies like everything that's on screen mm. and every line of dialogue that's it on matters. screen it has to be there. Matters mm. and is in there for, for a reason. reason. Yes. So when I don't find that reason, I just don't. I just don't think it's it, like her reason for being there. Yeah. Like she, like what did she do? She told me things. It's mm. not interesting. I mean, she's not an interesting yeah. person. <laughs> she's a she's a fifteen year old kid. Like the interesting yeah. person is the serial killer. You know, yes. it's like, but, but yeah, all right. So so the or the the mass murderer is yeah. not a serial killer. But uh, so yeah, she's along the rod uh, for with this mass murderer. He had, now has four bodies, you know, on him. So yeah. they're like, all right, now we have to pick up and leave again because they're going to find us out here in the middle of the woods after right. I done shot these these people or whatever. And like I said, he justifies the reason that he kills these three people. So now he has four bodies on his head and all justified justified in his mind mm-hmm. and kind of. Okay, in her mind as well. She's not really thinking about it too much. Yeah. Uh, they leave. Do they leave from there and go to Cato? Is that the next spot? Yeah. Yeah. They they leave and go off into the middle of nowhere. And Cato is a guy that he used to work with, and he feels like that you know they have a good enough relationship to where Cato will be okay with him hiding out and knowing that he's killed a number of people and never tell on him. Right. <laughs> you know. But in reality, I believe that um, that Kit knows that he's going there to kill Cato, yeah. and and I also believe that she knows that it's not good for Cato. Right. You know, when 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 they get there, it's like they're not planning to stay there and be friends and yada yada yada. They're killed there to kill Cato and take his shit mm-hmm. and hide in his area. So um. You get, they get they get there and uh, <laughs> let me see if I can remember this joke a lot, real, real quick. So um he, he she's like um so you don't get bored out here in uh, solitude just out here by yourself all the time. He was like uh, no I guess I mean you know uh, a couple weeks ago a couple days ago a kid said he found a Spanish coin out in the field and that's the highlight of the like the week somebody found an <laughs> old Spanish coin. He was like yeah yeah I can I can show you out in the field and then um before that like she she tells him a joke she was like yeah this is a guy inside of a nursing home and he only 
only wears um, uh, gloves and a hat. And then the nurse is like, why, why are you only wearing gloves and a hat? He's like, it doesn't matter. Nobody ever comes out here anyway. I'm going to be by myself anyway. She was like, all right, so why bother even putting on the, the, the gloves and the hat? And then he was like, oh, you never know. <laughs> and then the the guy is like, it's hilarious anyway. So um but that's the guy like, like pretends to laugh. Pretends yeah. to laugh, exactly. And then tries to to create this diversion. It's like, yeah, we can go out there and see those those um those um Spanish coins. Those Spanish coins. And, and it was like, oh well, I gotta go get the shovel. Y'all go walk off into the into the field and I'll catch up with you. And they're having fun out there playing and everything. Then Kit looks back and sees that Kato is running, you know, back to the house. And just right on sight, like, he doesn't walk up to him, but like, hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this. Hey, maybe I should go tie you up and put you in the basement somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, nope, I've already killed four people, you know, to save my own life and my girlfriend's life. No problem killing what I would call Perfect. a friend, yeah. you know? No problem killing this guy whatsoever. And that's when the movie goes completely to, like, I'm going to be seeing, this is a movie I know I'll be seeing a number of times. After he kills Kato and, well, shoots Kato in the stomach and and Kato just uh, stumbles back inside the house and Mm -hmm. sits up on the, uh, sits on the bed and he talks to him for a little bit and two people come to the house, um, a man and a woman, and I'm just like, all right, this is a different circumstance for him. We never hear from this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this is a completely certain new circumstance for him. This is a man that's around his age, and this is a woman that is around his girlfriend's age. Like that very well could just be him and his girlfriend. You right. know, they come up. So I'm like, when when they get to the door, and then he tells them, like, no, you can't come in, and yada yada. And matter of fact, there's some shit going down. So and we're trying to hide out. So I'm just gonna have to have y'all go into the field, and I gotta lock you down into like a, a sump. Is right. what it was called, lock you in the sump. And he. In my mind, like, I am completely with this psychopath that still has some sort of morals, you know, because of earlier on, he said he wouldn't have killed the police officers, you know, but he had to kill the father because he tried to do the right thing with the father and then he had to kill him. He tried to, you know, do the right thing with these bounty hunters, but they were going to kill him. So he had to do it. But this is a situation to where you didn't have to do anything. And he locks them into the sump. And then after they're locked in, he places the gun to where it will be far back and mm-hmm. shoots in there twice. Right. Kills the man and the, and the woman, presumably, you would assume. You know, right. he, was, he was like, do you think they're dead? He asked her, do you think they're dead? And she was like, I don't know. He's like, well, I'm not going down the look. And that, that was like, whoa. Because they, they didn't really want to kill him. He didn't want to. Yeah. Exactly. Like, so he didn't want to kill him, but like they're fucking dead. You know what I'm saying? Like you killed presumably like basically yourself and your girlfriend like that's like a parallel of you guys and it's just if you're willing to do that then there's no limit of things that I feel like this character is willing to do at this point he'll do anything now at this point so um so so what is this now one two three four five five, six bodies that he has on on six right seven he just killed Kato Seven bodies, mm-hmm. <laughs> seven bodies. You know, he so, ends up killing eleven people by the, yeah, end of the by, by the end of the movie. Yes, so it's like he has seven fucking bodies on him. So it's like I don't know how it could be unentertaining to to see something like there's that. Because there's no, for me, there wasn't any emotional weight behind anything that happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. like, like I get the dad thing. Like up until the point they killed the dad, I was with the movie, and then after that, I just kind of lost me. The, it didn't matter anything to you about him killing the couple for no reason. Well, that was definitely a reason. That yeah, was, yeah that, that was that was definitely like like I gotta leave no witnesses type vibe to it. Yeah, that was an emotional moment. It was an interesting yeah. moment, but there's nothing of consequence that happens to the characters. 
mm. in my opinion, until the very end when they get arrested. Yeah. And even then, sort of Holly's character just kind of goes like, oh, yeah, no, I got probation because mm. I'm a kid. And then he yeah. just got sent to jail. I mean, no, he got electrocuted. Uh, oh, yeah, got right, he got in the electric chair. Yeah. Uh, but, like, my favorite moments are really just when, like, kid is interacting with other people that are not Holly. Mm. And that only happens when he's either killing somebody at the beginning of the movie or at the end of the movie when he's talking to the, the cops. Mm. So it, I, I, I just, I just didn't, like, I, 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 I didn't get any enjoyment out of the film. I watched the film, and I acknowledge that the director is good at doing what he does. Mm. He does a good work. Yes. He's presumably a good writer. But I did not enjoy any, any I, I didn't get any enjoyment out of the film. I... I don't know yeah. how that's possible. I mean, I just, I just, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. No, no, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's one of, it's, it's weird because like the dissonance of knowing that something is well made mm. and then not enjoying it. Is I do get it. I actually do get yeah. it. I do get it because uh, sushi. Yeah. It's like I understand that sushi is the best thing, like one of the best foods, and I'm just like, no, don't no, enjoy that. Don't enjoy it. So yeah, I get it. So like, like it, it's well made. It's subtly written, subtly directed. Mm-hmm. Terrence Malick, I think, is a very talented person. Martin mm-hmm. Sheens is a great performer. Oh yes. Holly is a. I don't have an opinion on her performance on this movie. Shit. She's like, I, like I would almost wager to, to to say that she was nominated for something in this movie. I maybe. Like, I mean, she did a great job. Yeah. Like, like she. But the character was so bland that I feel like you just put anybody in there and it would have been fine. No way. Yeah. Over it with Sissy Space Basic. Like, put anybody in her character. Like most most actresses, you could have oh, put no. one in there and would have been fine. No. Cause no. Because she... that no. Oh goodness, no. Yeah. I mean, you didn't like her in Three Women either, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, only <laughs> like, I only like her in Carrie. Yeah, I mean, all right, but yeah, she she she's an amazing, like, talented actress. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really liked her in this. I mean, I, Carrie too. Yeah, I've liked her in everything I've seen mm-hmm. her in. But um, but yeah, just to to wrap up the end the end of the movie, he um, they eventually get to a point to where oh no no, they're more of the moral of, of this guy when they they go to like a a, a millionaire's house. Yep, they don't shoot the millionaire. They don't shoot the millionaire or the the deaf um the deaf the, maid the deaf maid, and that that was kind of odd to me because he had killed what would kind of essentially be the parallel of himself and his girlfriend. And I already have that tension of seeing earlier where he says, um, I, I'm just going to lock you down here. I'm about to lock the door real quick. And, you know, that's going to be that. And then he still shoots inside there. So now thinking back to that and now he's putting them inside the closet and locking the door. And I'm like, even though he did just give this guy a list, he's like, these are all the things that I've, I'm stealing from you. You know, here's a list of those things. You know, sorry that I had we had to meet in these circumstances. But I'm like, no, he's still going to kill these people. I think, I think that's because the rich guy was the version of a man kid he wanted to be. Wanted to be, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's it. So he couldn't mm. bear to kill his future hopes. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he still has some, like, a level of what he would call morals and values and that's demonstrated again by not trying to kill the police mm-hmm. you know or he's shooting at him just to have fun or whatever like and just the, the shootout and how did you did you not enjoy the end of the movie to where so this is like some real life type of type of uh, type of guy you know who's mm-hmm. going out and murdering people one by one and he's a young guy that's very attractive and so it's like when you're just a person that's out in the world you're like why is someone that looks like James Dean and that is young who will have every opportunity in the world and that's something that uh that Holly says at the beginning of the movie it's like why would he like me like he he's so attractive that he can have any woman in this in this whole town if he just tried a little bit right you know and so like why is this 
this person that ha could have the entire world, why would he decide to be some murderer, you know, that's able, not only a murderer, a damn good one, that's been able to evade the police for a long time. Like He, has, I, he said it at the end. He, he was kind of like, I guess I just wanted to be a small-time criminal, just oh, not this bigger this big, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, and I, I love the um, that his celebrity status. Nah. He's just a full on celebrity. By the time the police uh, get to him, the uh, the guy that um, that basically catches him, there's two of them. One of them walks us up to him. And he, was, he sizes him up. He's like, hmm, "This guy's no bigger than me," you know, because like he's he's a you read about him in the newspaper. He's a larger than life James Dean, 22 year old murderer. Like it's just he's not even human. Like he's something different that I'll we've kiss never... your ass if he doesn't look like James, James Dean. Dean. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's something completely different. So it's like the police like him. Everyone likes him. He gets, he's uh, fully chained and you got like the, the National Guard and all the police there, like hundreds of people because, you know, they've been trying to catch him for the longest yeah. and he's a celebrity. He was like, hey, you want a lighter? Yeah, I'll take a souvenir lighter. <laughs> I'll take a souvenir comb. You know, he's just and like, he's enjoying it. He's enjoying it and they're enjoying it too. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll take a souvenir so I can say the time that I met this person, you know, yeah. after you're dead, which will be in about six months you right. know so it's like they're taking all these souvenirs and everything and very happy about it by the time he finally gets on the plane to go to prison or whatever there's a police officer he's like uh yeah yeah it was uh it was really good to meet you um you know and i and i wish you the best he was like oh yeah thank you so, no no seriously i really mean that he was yeah. like i know i know you do right you know and it's like this this person that he's killed a father like I said, 11 people he's killed 11 people but people still love the guy <laughs> and 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 that's that's Pretty much, that's one of the aspects I do like about the film, mm. the sociopathy of oh, Kid's yeah. character. Yeah. It's very much real. Sociopaths are very charming. Yes. They will get into your mind oh, and they yeah. will just be charming to you and you yes. will like them. Um, Ted Bundy was the same way. Ted yep. Bundy was just like, one of the most charming, nice people that you'll ever meet. You guys got to watch yes. Mindhunter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, killed a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I like that aspect of Kid's character. Mm. But I think that's also my fault with the movie. I just didn't get enough of that. Right. Uh, like it, it happened the beginning I got it I got it at the end with the cops mm. I got it with Kato a little bit but other than that it was just like I didn't I didn't get emotional conflict from Holly mm. I didn't get any like the emotional the emotional conflict lacking from uh, Kit makes sense he's a sociopath he's not gonna have emotional conflicts mm. um, but they don't make him like in, in, in Nightcrawler for example mm. we get we like the Lou Bloom's character yes because we relate to him, we relate to his particular struggle, and mm -hmm. he's polite and charming. Yes. So we like that sociopath. So we don't need another person to sort of anchor us to the humanity of that mm -hmm. sociopath, because he does it himself. But in this right. movie, Kit doesn't have that sort of likability for the audience. Mm. Uh, so you need some sort of human anchor to tie you emotionally to whatever's happening to either of those characters. Mm. Uh, but the movie didn't have that for me in Holly. So I just didn't particularly felt compelled to care about any one of their struggles. Aye. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, it's not a bad film. It is a very I mean, well-made yeah. film. Of course, yeah. But I just... Uh, like I said, sushi, man. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and, 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 and maybe it's some sort of pervasive issue that happens to me whenever I watch, like, sort of, like, artsy movies. But I love artsy movies that have an emotional connection or have a thing that, you know, like, I'm not against artsy movies. Mm -hmm. I'm just against the error, and I want to. I don't want to call it pretentiousness because it's not pretentiousness. Nope. But that's uh, that's the sentiment that sort of comes by abandoning all sense of structure mm. and then just putting in things that make your movie harder to watch. I mean, that's you, you, there's a. Uh 
a uh, like a line connected with those like you don't like uh, movie naturalism at all no. improv or like l- the lack of structure like you like movie movies yeah and, and it's like I, I understand it i mean that's it is what it is like i like yeah. movies that have a, like a clear emotional arc mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't have to be a good one mm-hmm. it just i like when they have definition the characters have definition the everything that happens on screen has a particular reason to be on screen mm-hmm. and when your characters interact I feel like that's when things happen, when characters interact. Yeah. And the only interaction we had from Holly and Kit, because their relationship wasn't built on any particularly strong interaction, mm. was when she read books and then she narrated to us, mm. which are two ways to really not make me care. All right. <laughs> yeah. But the movie is well made. Terrence oh, yeah. Malick is a, is a good director. He knows how to put a camera. Oh, yeah. Um, but just uh, just the story wasn't for me. I mean, I, this is like... I was I was so happy to have seen it and not had known anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, uh, I, th- I thought about it when the, the pastelas that you uh, you gave me uh, right. some weeks back. I was like, there's a thing that I didn't even know about, and now I know about it, and it's a great thing, and right. now I can have more of this. So that's how I felt about Badlands. It was like I didn't even know that Badlands existed, that Martin Sheen was this kind of actor when he was young, and now that I've got to see this movie, like. I'm just hope it just gives me hope that there's more movies digging into these criterions that are just like ch- like game changers for me as far right. as what movies are. Like I enjoy the structure like a traditional movie, but it's just like I a little bit more enjoy it when you take everything away from what a tradition is supposed to be and mm-hmm. throw something on the screen and say make sense of this yeah. I mean it's like Mother was a movie that I think was like the most structured movie I've ever seen like you would think that it's just all chaos and yeah. then it's just there's no structure abandonment of everything and that's what I've heard from a lot of reviews that that's like that but that's wrong I mean, exactly all, all of that is completely and the most absolutely structured the most structure you're really going to get in the yeah. movie in the past few years so it's like and I actually did not like Mother <laughs> you know yeah. it's like and, and you were one of the few people that did enjoy Mother I enjoyed I enjoyed the experience of watching Mother. Like I said, in the top in the top one hundred. No, 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 no. And, 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 yeah, in the top ten. No. Uh, I I said that I enjoyed the experience yeah. of like watching Mother, but yeah. I didn't know how I felt about the film. Yeah, and it's yeah. like I can I can get that. It's like with having that kind of structure and a very done in a very very uh, poignant way that I can I can see you really uh, grabbing grasping yeah. to something like that. You know, so and and this this movie right here is the complete opposite of that. Yep. You know, for you with the structure, so. I don't know. I mean, I, I I love it a lot. I recommend it. Um, as far as a one out of ten, uh, like a eight point eight, eight point eight. That's and that's lower than anything I've seen mm-hmm. anywhere as far as like ratings. It gets it got like it got like ninety eight percent, ninety eight, ninety nine everywhere. Yes, like so. I mean, it's like I can't give it that nine five nine mm-hmm. like that, but it's like a yeah, eight point eight just because like it's two thousand and seventeen and it's not a movie that. Uh, I, I think I could recommend to a lot of people and then have a discussion about it. Yeah, I, I, I like in, just in pure technicality, I think the movie's a solid seven. But okay, you're wrong. Then all right, no, I'm not wrong. <laughs> technical. I mean, that's that's the one point that where you could say technically it is a ten, but enjoyment, like no, 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 no. Like, technicality. This movie is not. A, it's a very good movie, like, but it is not a ten in technicality. It's like it's, it's not a, a very simplistic. You're, direction. You're, you're saying like objectively, it is a seven. Like, like, and like, like, like the, not your opinion, and how like, the movie was made, and yeah. like, not my opinion, like, yeah. like, not as an enjoyment person, but as like what I saw on screen. Yeah, I feel like the movie's a seven. Ooh. Yeah, I just didn't like, like the technicality was good, the like the the acting was fantastic. 
Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, I didn't like the story. I didn't think the story was particularly impressive. And I just didn't enjoy myself. I mean, I don't know why I'm, like, sitting here like, no. like I've never heard you do this before. Yeah. Like, there's, like, plenty of 100% movies. We've done, like, six and four. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, all right. But, but again, it comes, it comes back with the problem of, like, natu- I don't like naturalism. Mm-hmm. I don't like abandonment of structure. Like, I like using, I like when people use structures in unconventional ways. Mm. But just abandoning structure and then telling me to figure out what you're trying to say with this movie, That's tell me what, what you love. want. Tell, tell me what you want to say. Yeah. Uh, movies are a conversation between a director and an audience. For me. Some of them are. Yeah, well, the ones that you enjoy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, like, when I can communicate with, an, with a director mm. as an audience member, and it's just like, oh, I get why you did that. I get why you did that. I get why you did that. Mm. I get why you did that. This this makes sense. This makes sense. This doesn't make sense. What the fuck? Like I have a conversation with the director in some shade corner of my head. Mm. But when I watch movies like Four Hundred Blows, uh, mm. Three Women, yeah. um, all the Criterion movie, movies, <laughs> yeah. But not, like I I do enjoy a lot of Criterion movies. Mm. Like like the Akira Kurosawa ones are fantastic. Mm. Uh, but we just happen to pick the movies that are kind of this. It's just the movie, the type of movie that makes it into the Criterion Collection mm. is the type of movie that's that it, it sort of li- relies on being unconventionally structured yes. and, and, and having themes that are a little bit more abstract and yes. whatever. And that's fine. It just so happens that those are the kinds of movies that I find less value in as a film watcher and filmmaker. We, we, well, we had that discussion too about yeah. that just being in general. Like as far if you're going to listen to music, you don't want lots of metaphors. Like just tell me the thing. Don't make me figure out what that is. If you're looking at art, you want it to be the thing, not abstract. What do you take from this? Like, and, and, and that's not a and that's not a sort of like a like a hate on symbolism or <laughs> or metaphors or analogies or similes or that kind of stuff. <laughs> you by the way, you totally use those in your in films, <laughs> but. I just like the director to say something in a film, mm. and I didn't get that in 400 Blows, didn't get it in Three Women, and didn't get it in this one. All right. Yeah, that's just uh, the kind of thing. But, but you don't feel like that may be um, your opinion going into your objectivity? I think that's a technicality. Like, like the technicality of, of like how a director communicates on film with mm. the things that's happening on camera, mm. for me, that's technicality. Hey. Edgar Wright, uh, if, Edgar if Wright communicates choo- effectively in the does. camera using technicality. If if they choose to step like if that's a purposeful thing to step away completely and to disregard that one hundred percent, like a purpose, it's a choice. Yeah, I'm saying like a purposeful choice, yeah. and it's like do you, you're just grading zero for technicality because they chose not to. Uh, not necessarily zero, but you need to have like. For you, you need to. That's what I'm saying. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to have on a film. Mm. You need to have some level of communication. From director to audience, you need to have that. No, I don't. Because otherwise, agree. there's no emotional weight to the movie. I don't agree. Directors are every time directors make a movie, they're saying something. I mean, no, I mean there, there's a message to be taken, but I don't think that the director has one message that he wants to say, and you have to take that from it. I mean, there with with any movie, I think there may be like ten ideas that the director has thought about through making this film. It may have started with one idea, but with so many hands in the kitchen, you're going to have ten different ways to look at something. You know, but they're saying something. They're, and you, and you they're don't feel producing like this was? a thought. No. That's, that's mm, all right. I know. I know it's a tough pill to swallow because I've I've done it for like five or six material movies, but like I, there's a reason I enjoy the Kurosawa movies versus versus the French New Wave movies, or the Robert Newman naturalism movies. It's just they're just hard to watch, man. They're just hard. I mean, I, th- I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't. That's why it goes down to like a 8.8 for me, mm. just because I know that this is like prime rib. Like, I know mm. that it is, but it's just like. 
I couldn't like take this to someone else and be like, this is good. I'm like, no, the fuck is not. Like, let me finish it, eating my double cheeseburger. <laughs> it's also it also might be one of the issues like where like 2017 ideologies yeah. and like the the ideas that I grew up with are so disconnected from everything that's presented in those movies yeah. that I I just might genuinely not be not find them engaging or yeah. connecting. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. There's there's something in there to discuss, but I don't know oh, what yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. If you if you're if you're into like if you're an obsessive person as far as like watching movies and you want everything good content, I mean, it's like ninety eight percent on like everything. So like, yeah. check it out and decide for yourself. Like, if you hate it, let us know on uh, on Twitter. Let us no. know that you you didn't like it at all and that it was boring. And which you might find it very boring, but if you liked it, let us know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're gonna cut and then come to the television and movie premiere. We are back. Hey. From being like, oh, this is a Criterion movie, it's automatically good. And people are not thinking critically mm. about why that movie's good or why it's not good. It's just, it's good. It's in the Criterion collection. That's one of the biggest problems I have with mm. the Criterion collection culture. I'm in the subreddit. Uh, I, I, like, I follow the subreddit, and yeah. a lot of the conversations this year are just that. I mean, I, I would like, as long as a person is, like, educated enough to explain why it is good or isn't good to them. Right. So it's like if the, the world is round. You know the world is round. Have you actually seen that the world is round? Mm. Or are you just <laughs> repeating back some bullshit that everybody's been telling you? Right. Because, actually, I've flown around the world. I've seen the world. I know that it is round. And it's the repeating of the bullshit yeah. that goes around the Criterion Collection that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Because you're repeating the bullshit that the Academy or whoever is in charge of saying that these are good movies are saying and you're not watching a movie and then thinking about it yourself. I mean, if, yeah, it's like I would try to have a conversation with them. Like, are yeah. you a smart person or a parrot? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're, if, <laughs> a parrot, yeah, yeah, like, much. yeah, if you're a parrot, then we don't need to have the conversation. Like, I, I don't think any of the Marvel movies would be in a Criterion collection. Any of the what movies? Any of the Marvel movies would oh. be in a Criterion collection. Uh, Logan, no, that's not Marvel. That's not All Marvel. Right. Uh, but... Let's say that they should be looked at to see if they have the potential to be in the Criterion Collection. I agree. Even though they don't necessarily fit the marks that do it. Yeah. Like, because they were culturally important movies. The Criterion mm. Collection is a marking movies that are culturally important. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Um, that's what the, the premise of the Criterion Collection uh, is. Well, not culturally. Um, that, that's the, um, the Library of Con- Congress is culturally important. That's okay. Top Gun and movies like that for like the cultural impact. Right. Um, the Criterion Collection is. Uh, since 1984, a continuing series of important, important classic and contemporary films. Right. So, so they're, they're important, but it's like that's what are they important, important about? Who decides? For? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who decides what important means? So that that's my biggest problem with the collection as a as a concept. Mm. But a lot of the films are good. Like Spike Lee's "Do the Right Thing" was amazing. Well, I haven't found a bad one. Uh, well, yeah, I have. Yeah. Have. But yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, as long as they're willing to have the conversation. So if if a movie can be around for 30 years and the people that have seen way more movies than us and have critiqued way more movies mm-hmm. and for 30 years this movie is held up as a 100 movie. It's great. It's yeah. good. that they, That's all they, they've said. And then me and you watch it and then it's like, all right, I heard their opinion but this is my opinion about why this isn't a good movie. Right. It doesn't change anything about the movie yeah, but, yeah. but at least there's an educated person that is seeing this thing and saying, I'm not just saying it's good to go along for the ride these are the things that i don't enjoy and these are the things that i do yeah you know so yeah i mean i would much rather have the conversation with the educated person that that sees a movie that says 100 and is not saying hey you're not a 100 i'm saying that i'm not just giving you 100 yeah. just because you're in the like, i'm acknowledging that you're recognized as this 100 movie yeah, yeah. but i want to have a conversation as to why they're giving you that yes 
Yes, that's my thing. The only Criterion Collection movie yeah. that I legitimately did not get any any enjoyment or any particular value from mm. so far yeah. has been 400 Plus. That yeah. is the one movie that I that I genuinely cannot find any redeeming qualities in. That's one of the better movies we've yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but but that's but that's my point. Like yeah. like I would be able to have a conversation about 400 Plus, mm. but I would never be able to recognize that as a movie that I think holds any value for me as a filmmaker mm. or why it's recognized as such an important movie because yeah. there's so much that I hate about it. Mm. And that's a that's totally a personal like stake on it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not the only one. Lund fucking hates that movie too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just... I mean, but he he also hates uh, Wes Anderson. Like hates all his movies. Yeah, he does. He it's, sure does. Yeah. So like, it's just people have opinions. People about do things. have opinions. But it, as long as we're willing to have a conversation yes. about the status of a movie as a Criterion Collection film, yeah. Good, we mm. can have it. But yes. if you're just telling me it's a Criterion Collection movie, it has it's to be good. good. No. Uh, suck my dick. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Mm. <laughs> No, it does not. Yeah, I agree with that. With with everything yeah. across the board, yeah, don't let just something be what it is because people say that it is. Like, that's why. That's why I hate like YouTube. Like, do you know the channel CinemaSense? Oh, uh, they like they, do? they like watch movies and then they list off like cliches or things that they do that other films do that are called kind of like sins. Okay, where it's just like bad blood writing, blood pothole whatever plot holes or whatever okay. it's a fun channel to watch every so often well the dude that ran it just got accused of rape so Ooh. uh not supporting that channel anymore all right but uh the concept is really cool you get to watch a movie and you yeah. get to see all the common things that mm. movies do that don't make fucking sense nice um but uh, right. while the channel is fun a lot of the people that watch the channel just regurgitate what the channel says mm. so when you have a conversation with them about the movies that just happen to appear in the channel yeah you hear a lot of the same arguments and a lot of the same things reflected yeah from what the channel is saying and there's no critical thinking involved I mean the parrots yeah yeah, yeah that's, mm. but that's what I'm saying like a lot of that a lot of that conversation reflects back on the same people that do that or the same mm. people that watch the Criterion Collections so and go like it's good just shove it in your face it's good I mean yeah yeah like I, like I said I have to have a conversation like yeah. I said there was a guy that said Woody Allen was his favorite director so I'm like let me call you out then bitch Let's let's find out about everything that you know Why? about it. Yeah, ex exactly. Like, cause he actually is my favorite director. So yeah. let's have the conversation then. Let me t tell me why. Oh, I saw him in that in Paris recently. Yeah, 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 I forgot yeah, yeah, to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, movie was fucking fantastic. Yes, it is. So good. It's fucking great. Yes. Watch watch uh, Blue Jasmine next if you can find uh, find Tom. Nice. Is is Midnight in Paris? In, uh, was there a Woody Allen movie in that Criterion? Uh, I don't think he has any. No? Oh, no, Manhattan. 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 Has Manhattan's to be in Criterion. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right. Oh, let's get back to this. Oh, we're doing a show. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Who would have fucking? We legitimately just had like a twenty-minute conversation off screen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we are actually doing a show right now. Yeah. Um. Oh, this weekend, uh, television and movie premieres for Tuesday, January the twenty-third through Monday, January the twenty-ninth. Uh, the first one's going to be Tuesday, January the twenty-third. Another period is coming back to Comedy Central at ten thirty p.m. Who was that person? Another period. Um, it's starring uh, Natasha Leggero and um, Ricky Lindholm. Okay, I don't know who they are. Uh, they're one of them's a stand-up comedian. Another both. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Garfunkel and Oates. Mm -hmm. um, you ever heard of them? They're two two. Yeah, women. no, I, yeah. I love Garfunkel and Oates. Is the, she uh, the blonde lady? The blonde, yeah. Okay, Ricky cool. Lindholm, yeah. It's uh, her and Natasha Leggero. Another period, season three. Season two was an absolute trash dumpster fire bullshit season two was terrible and me and Tessa were talking how did they get season three how did they even get a season three but um we're gonna try it out and see what happens they probably got signed up for two seasons at a time maybe so, they, so. they're just like 
season two did bad, but they got in the contract for season three or something. Ooh, they better they better come back strong because that shit mm. was bad. But that's um <laughs> Tuesday, January twenty third. Uh, the next thing is gonna be on the exact same day. It is um Zach Galifianakis' third season of Baskets. Baskets, yeah. I heard Marin uh, promote that. Oh yeah, on his show. Yeah. Now that's that's a show that's critically good mm. and that people are enjoying critically mm-hmm. that I can't get into. That happens. That you know what I'm saying? Like so I, I definitely get it. You know, it's like with this, yeah. like I like Zach Galifianakis, but he's not being happy funny. He's being sad funny. Like a sack clown, like yeah. Pagliacci. Yeah. It's like you can laugh and you can find the you can but it's it's but very, at the end of the day you're just sad. It's very sad and depressing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, and I like sad depressing, but this is different, man. That's how I feel about Preacher. Preacher is like the antithesis Ooh. of that. Yeah. That's a show that people don't take seriously because it's so fucking silly. But it is. It but is it's weird. really fucking good. Yes, it is. Shout out to uh Seth Rogan. Yeah. Uh, let's see, but that, that's Baskets, uh, Tuesday, January 23rd. Uh, the next show, Drunk History, same day, it's on Comedy Central. <laughs> that made it on television? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they've been on television for, for a couple years now. No, but they, they started as a on YouTube internet. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, season two. They made it on television. Season two, they, uh, they got to Comedy Central. They're on season five now. Nice. Um, season five guests include Bob Odenkirk, Seth Rogen, oh, Kirst- wow. Kirsten Dunst, Jack Black, Ooh. Abby Jacobson, Method Man, Weird Al Yankovic, and Joe McHale. I want to I wanna see the Kirsten Dunst episode. I want to see the Weird Al episode. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all into that. Um, and the last television show of the week is Sunday, January the 28th, the 60th Annual Grammy Awards. Uh, it's going to be on CBS at 7.30. James Corden is going to be returning as the host. Um, is Grammy, Grammy's telly, Music. Right? Music, right? Yeah. So, I mean, just as like the Oscars, the Golden Globes, the Emmys, all the award shows, it's going to be shit. It's going to be complete shit. It's going to be bad. Yeah. But um, They oh, really t- are not good shows. No, 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 no. no. They no. should at least make them mildly entertaining. The, the last one that I was entertained by was, um, was James Franco and the, the lady that you, that you like from a uh, uh, bird movie. Oh, uh, um, uh, Natalie, no. Natalie, Natalie, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, yeah. yeah. Uh, was the Birdman. Birdman. Well, I was, I was thinking no, about no, Birdman was uh, no. Emma Stone. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the Black Swan. Swan Black Swan. There we yeah. go. <laughs> Bird <laughs> something. <Yeah. laughs> the, when, uh, when both of them hosted, because it was so awkward and weird. I, I enjoyed that because it was a bonfire. <laughs> love him. Love, love, love Natalie Boardman. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. She's lit. <laughs> that's that's a Sunday, January the 28th. The Grammys are going to be out. Uh, maybe uh, Kanye West will come liven up the event. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. But, but uh, Beyonce had the best beauty of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the only movie, the God, only... I'm so fucking mad about this movie. Yeah, this, this is the only yeah. big wide release movie that's going to be coming out this week. It's Maze Runner, The Death Cure. It's a PG-13 action sci-fi thriller. Young hero Thomas embarks on a mission to find a cure for a deadly disease known as The Flare. Uh, it's directed by Wes Ball, and it stars uh, four people that I've never heard of. The flare sounds like a just like an STD. Yeah, the flare. Hey, you got flare the flare. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't have fucked that lady last night. Is there any STD? Like, what? What if you were to to have sex with some random person? Yes. Is there what? What STD are you most afraid of? Definitely. Like, 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 hold on, like, hold on, let me let me get a little more context here. I think so it's. 
That, me too. Yeah. And you didn't even need a lot of context. Yeah. Me too. Because AIDS is pretty manageable with medicine. It's and, expensive, but and, it's manageable. And, and what are the chances that, you know, the random person is going to even have AIDS? Right. Like, it's, you can kind of see. Well, I don't want to be this kind of douchebag, like, saying that I can tell if you have AIDS or not. <laughs> you know, because you really can't. Yeah, at but least it, not lately. Not yeah. lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I, I think, I feel like if I ran across, like, uh, somebody that I deemed as a healthy individual, I feel like I got better than 50-50 chances that they don't have AIDS. Also, and, uh, and if you're using a condom. That's, uh, it it's goes down pretty significantly. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, that's that's not number one for me either. So yeah, herpes no. will be for you? Herpes. Same. Herpes terrify me. Yeah, me too. It's that's the just, only thing I'm worried about. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the clap, you know, gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis. Those all those get cured. They just like, get cured. Yeah, those all get cured. Yes. AIDS is a dangerous one, but, but you can take care of it. Yes, if you even get it. If you even get it. But herpes but is- But herpes is, yeah, is nope. everywhere, and you're probably going to get it if you go fucking around. Yeah. It's just like that, and, and it gets on your lips. And yeah, it's annoying. And, it's and, unsightly. Yeah. Like I don't. That's of all things. Yeah. But yeah, your genitals get itchy. Yeah, it's actually uh, and deviation from herpes. Yeah, Dylan O'Brien's in that in the in, in that movie. Mm-hmm. Who is and that? He did. He was in Tin Wolf for a couple of years. I don't know he did what a couple of internet stuff. He was in another movie. He was in another movie. He was an American Assassin, not the Tom Cruise one. The the one that came out immediately with Tom Cruise, like it came out in the same time. Uh, American Made was Tom Cruise. American Assassin was Dylan O'Brien. Okay. Yeah. So he's a he's kind of your generic actor, mm. but he's he's talented. He knows how to act. He just makes weird movies. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to point that Dylan out. Dylan O'Brien. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll Dylan check for him. Yeah. All right. And like the the there's a weird blonde kid in there that does some pretty good stuff. All right. But I don't know his fucking name. Thomas Brody Sangster, maybe. Maybe. All right. Yeah. Some something, something of that. Right. Yeah. But, I'm not watching this movie. No. No, it's it's one of those movies at the cinema where like a bunch of preteens are gonna go see it. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I get upset on those days because I don't sell drinks. Yeah, when anyone under twenty oh, goes yeah. to watch a movie. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there just um, I was thinking last night there's there's something there's something about this uh, this thing that we're doing here with the podcast, mm-hmm. and um, each week we we watch one movie, you yeah. know, at least one movie each week, and not just watching one movie, we're watching a movie with a critical eye mm-hmm. to, to, to analyze it and break it down, you know, like critically, at least one every single week, yep. every week, yep. and, and there, there's, and sometimes, like, at the beginning of the week, like today, is uh, what's today, Saturday? Saturday, you know, we just record on a Sunday, so it's like Monday, you know, you're feeling all right, Tuesday, that the episode is out, by Wednesday for me, is whatever movie we're going to be watching for the podcast is I have to set in my mind it's kind of like I don't want to say a burden or a chore it's a chore yeah. it's a chore it's like a labor of love yeah. it's something that you know you have to do you have to watch this movie you have to like in every week yeah. every single week it's and, an it's an incon- doing the podcast mm-hmm. it's an in- like the, watching the movie it's an inconvenience yes. but doing the podcast is satisfying yes yes so it's like yeah. every single week you know putting that time and that you've been doing it every week I've been doing we've yeah. both been collectively doing that and I believe that speaks something to the future of the way that we're able to, just as filmmakers, to see movies and how we would like to portray our own movies. Yeah. Just from critically observing these movies. Like, not there's a difference between watching a movie a week yeah. and critically breaking down and observing these movies. I you mean, know, you so. learn. Even though even yes. though you watch a movie and, like, I, we watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. We may not have consciously learned anything about filmmaking still, watching that movie, yeah. but you got something. Yes. There's a piece of information that you go, like, oh, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. Yes. You make a movie 10 years later and then you find that one camera movement that directly yep. imitates Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes. 
So, I mean, you have to watch movies. You, you have to read if you're a writer and you have yeah. to watch movies if you're a filmmaker. Yes, this is the law. you got to do it. But it is, it is fucking when you like get home from work and it's two in the morning and you're yeah. like, I want to fucking kill myself mm-hmm. and I got to watch fucking Mr. and Mrs. Smith yeah. tonight. Yeah. Sometimes you want to just pick up the phone and just go like, yeah, I'm going to be vomiting tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's but, like, got to go through it. Yeah, yeah got to do it. That's what it did. Yeah. It's a good show. Number one show in North Carolina. It is. Number yeah. one show in North Carolina. Got them right. Hells yeah. Uh, anyways, you can find us on Twitter underscore FFS Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, on, on SoundCloud, Google. Uh, pl- I fucked it up. You can find uh, us on, on 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 SoundCloud, Google Play Music app, iTunes Podcast app, and Stitcher yeah. under the name for Film's Sake. And uh, uh, my personal Twitter handle is at underscore Brian Archilla. Is it underscore? No, it is just <laughs> at Brian Archilla. <laughs> Do you got a new Twitter handle? What the fuck is going on here? Listen, my Twitter is fucking hilarious. Follow me. Yes. I'm at a T-H-A underscore B-O-N-Z. Hey. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I did. We recorded two episodes today. The first send-off, I fucking nailed it. Yeah, you did. This one, I just fucked it up. God damn it. Anyway, thank you guys for being here. We will see you next week. Yes.